Uh, hey, I, I want to say again, happy Father's Day to all the strong dads in the room. Come on, give them a huge, huge hand. So glad that we can celebrate you today, and we're celebrating all of uh, our dads and father figures today. If you um, are a man, you're in the right place. You're watching. You're uh, in the right place. I um, I want to uh, talk about the scripture, um, and uh, this is uh, this is one I'm really excited about. We have uh, we're going to be rolling out our our men's ministry here at our church. A new uh, a new kind of spin on our men's ministry that we haven't really talked about yet. And this will be the foundational piece of it. So you'll be able to uh, hear that this morning. Um, but before we do that, let's all pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we're thankful that we can be here. God, we're thankful we can watch online. Father, we're so thankful. God, for all of these things. And Father, I pray that this morning, God, you would speak very loud to each and every one of us. And God, we would hear, God, what you're saying. And Father, let that sink deep into our soul. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Uh, okay, so this is going to be uh, aimed predominantly uh, for the guys uh, in the room and uh, watching online, but uh, this is also going to be great for every single one of us, uh, not just if you're a guy, because you're going to be able to see a little insight into uh, how God would want guys to act and live, um, and so this is great. If you're uh, not married yet, this is great. Take some notes and say, hey, I want to see these in the guys that I'm, I'm looking, come on, you know, you want to see these in the guys that I'm uh, looking at. Also, uh, and, and also, it's not just for guys. This is stuff that's written for all of us. So all, every one of us can um, can take something from this. This is uh, we're going to start and stay really in First Timothy chapter two, verse eight. Paul is talking to Timothy, and uh, he says something about the guy, the guys that Timothy is leading, and he says, in every place of worship. In every place of worship, I, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. In every place of worship, I, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, Free from anger and controversy. And I, and I want to take uh, the next couple of minutes and, and break this scripture down and talk through the different pieces that Paul writes about this. Everybody good with that? You, you ready? Yeah, okay, all right. So this first part, he says, I, I, want, I want men to pray. I, I, I want men to pray. And this is... Our first response, to pray. And so many times, I, I wonder if this is our last ditch effort. Trying everything else, then we'll pray. Instead of understanding that this is the first thing that should be in our mind is is to pray. I, I, I read that 67% of men who are Christians say they seldom or never pray. 
67% of men who are Now, I don't say that to make you feel bad. I do say that to say this is a problem. Because when, when guys aren't doing what God, first what God asks us to do is to pray, what happens is we're getting out of the foundation that God wants us to have with him. And here's the thing, without communication with God, the relationship is non-existent. The, re- the relationship is gone. And so I, I want us as, as guys especially to look and say, okay, where is my talking with God? Do I do it sometimes? Do I have a habit of praying? Do I really open up my, my mouth and, and talk to God? I, I was, um, there, there's moments where I would take Watson home uh, from school, and he'd be in the back and in his seat, you know, and I'd be like, hey, Watson, how was school? Good. You know, I, I get it. You know, you had a whole day, you're tired, just kind of chilling, you know, and got the AC on. You're just like feeling, you know, feeling yourself, and you're like, this is awesome. You don't want to talk or anything. And I'm like, no, Watson, what did you do today? Nothing. And I'm like, you, you're five. You're not a teenager yet. I shouldn't have to fight these things. Like, what, now, now, sometimes he'll talk to me, but, but uh, you know, more than not, there are moments where I'm, like, feeling like I'm trying to pull something out of him. And I started thinking about that, and I was thinking, I don't need this information from him. Because I can find it out. You know? I can figure out what happened that day, and I can go and talk to other people and get all that. But why do I ask him this? Because I, I want to communicate with him. And, and so many of us miss that this is God's heart for all of us, that God wants to, he doesn't need your prayers. He wants them. Doesn't need them, but he wants them. And he wants us to communicate with him and to open up our heart to him. And guys, a lot of us, we miss this so much because we internalize so much of our communication. And we, and we don't open up our heart. And I love that Paul says, I want in every place of worship, I want men to first, what? Over everything, I want them to pray. I want them to open up their heart to Father God. Listen, because when you start praying, this is when you start seeing the heart of the Father. And some of you guys, you've never been fathered. Or at least never been fathered correctly. You've had a bad example of what a father is. Where you've had to perform, and if your performance didn't, match, you were cast aside, or maybe you were fathered by somebody who wasn't even there. He was father in name, but in name only. Or, or, or maybe you felt like, for some reason, your dad just didn't care. 
And so you've gone through your whole life trying to measure up. Trying to win some approval of somebody that you're so mad at, but you still want their approval. And so there's so many things that you can go back to in your life. Come on, guys. There's so many things that you can go back to to your life and realize, oh, I've got this thing that's just broken. And I'm telling you, that can start to be fixed when you start understanding that God is the ultimate and perfect father. But listen, I can say that, and so many guys will be like, oh, it's just a churchy answer, because they've not prayed. They've not opened up their heart to God, and they haven't realized yet that he can be a father to the fatherless. He can. He can be a father where you felt like you haven't had one. He, he can be that person in your life because he, he promised. And that's why Paul said, listen, I, 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 need you, I need you to pray. Because this prayer is where the communication happens. Not performance. Some of my best memories with my father, my dad, are about some of the talks that we had. Not about the things that I did, but the talks that we had. And, and some of us guys, listen, you are so so bound up on the inside because there's so much that needs to come out, but you don't know how to communicate. And one of the best ways you can start is communication to God. It's to open up and say, God, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even talk that much. But I'm, I'm going to start talking to you because I, I've realized that I need to pray. I, I, I need to pray. And I need, to open up my, I need to open up my life to my Father. And so I'm going to start opening up my life to you, God. And I'm going to start telling you everything, even though you already know it. Even though you don't need my prayers because you want my prayers. And so because of that, you realize that the first thing you do as a guy is you don't work. You don't stress. You don't worry. You don't prop yourself up with your own self-importance. You pray. That's the first thing you do. And a lot of times we, can I also say this about prayer? A lot of times we think we're praying, but we're just worrying. And we think that, oh, I'm praying. No, you're not. You haven't opened up your life to God at all. All you are doing is going through the situation and worrying about it and thinking about it. And going back and forth and back, and what if this happens? What if that happens? And how about this? And maybe I could work out this. And maybe, man, I'm really praying. No, you're not. You are putting fear all over your life. But when you start praying, you will know you're praying. Why? Because your faith will start rising. You will know you're worrying when your fear starts rising. So whenever your fear is real high, no, you're not praying, you're worrying.
But when your faith starts getting higher, man, I must be praying. I must be connecting with something that's bigger than me. I must be opening up in something that's bigger than me. I must be connecting with something that's stronger than me. I must be opening up, and the words that I'm saying right now are not just hitting the ceiling, but they're hitting the heart of an almighty God that can change things for the better, that can move mountains that I said would I need to move, that can help me get over things that have felt like they have been in my life forever. I am opening up my life and faith is starting to rise up on the inside of me where I don't feel so depressed anymore. I don't feel fearful anymore. I don't feel like everything is over. I don't feel like everything is done. I feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel because of what God is doing in my heart because I'm praying. Because I'm praying. I want men in every area of worship, I want them to pray. That's what he said. I want you to pray. Isn't that interesting? He said, I want you to pray. I don't need your work. I, I, I don't need your work first. I don't need your stoic sense of responsibility. I, I, I don't need you to stand guard first. I, I, don't, I don't need, I need your prayers. I, I need you to pray first. I'm talking about, listen, all the guys in the room, I know you, I, I'm not, you're in the room, you're like, yeah, prayer's good. I'm not asking you to like prayer. I'm asking you to make it the number one thing, the first priority. That, that, that's what gets misconstrued here. Sometimes when you talk about, okay, I should, I should probably pray more, I should like prayer. No, I'm not asking. I'm, I'm asking you to put it in the priority that the Bible puts it. First. First. Before anything else, I want men to pray. It says this. Oh, man. Oh, I've gone. That was just the first piece. No, yeah, listen, I'm not saying this to have everybody tell, but thank you. That's so sweet. But <laughs> you know what? We'll just make it a part two, okay? So listen, next week we're going to, you know what? We'll just, I can do this because I got the microphone. So next Sunday is Dad's Day part two. Let's celebrate dads again. <laughs> Pat, right? Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. Dads, listen, you came to the right church. We do two two Sundays. Yes. I don't know if that's illegal, but we just did it. Two days of dads. Yes. So next Sunday, I don't got uh, we'll, honey, we'll do something. Yeah, we'll okay, next Sunday is going to be even bigger party. This was this was the uh this is the warm up. This was, this was the, this is the, pre, yeah, we'll do something. Jez is looking at me like, what are you doing? I don't know. Hey, it's Father's Day. I can make up something. Okay. Uh, pray. <laughs> All right, down there. Uh, I want everybody to pray. I want men to pray. And then he said, I want men to pray with holy hands. Let's talk about this for a second because now i got time to really talk about it. 
with holy hands. Holy hands. Guys, you need to know that God has cleansed your hands and has made them holy. You are, and this might be the most important thing that you hear this morning, guys, you are forgiven. You are clean. You are holy, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. He made your hands holy hands. And so when Paul says, I want you to pray so that you can get holy hands. He didn't say that. He said, I want you to pray with holy hands. The understanding there is that Paul's saying, your hands are already holy. And they're holy not because of what you've done, but because Jesus and the sacrifice of him on the cross and him coming back from the dead and becoming alive again, it was so powerful that it cleaned not just your heart and not just your life, but it cleaned your hands and made them holy so that when you start touching things, holiness is in the midst of all of that thing. They're holy hands. And they've been clean. But here's the thing. So many guys don't think that they have holy hands. They think that, that they're just still dirt on them. Still dirty. My daughter Piper, she was eating a waffle. Um, and the waffle was a little, just a little undercooked. Just a little bit. And so she got to the middle but she realized, what is the, you know, and babies just do this. They just squish things and move it around. I mean, it was gross. But she wasn't crying, so I was happy. I was like, hey, do your thing, girl. And so she's sitting there just moving it all around and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And pretty much she got it all over her hands. And she looked at me like this. She just stopped. And she went, ah! And I was like, yeah, you did that. <laughs> she just didn't move. She just went, ah! And so now I'm like, you know, we got a little standoff going on, you know. Uh, and I'm going to lose very quickly because <laughs> you can't defeat, ah! You know, because <laughs> she'll just keep doing it. And she just looked at me and went, ah! Like that, clean them. And I realized she wasn't going to do anything until I cleaned those hands. And there are too many men that aren't doing anything because they think their hands are dirty. I can't pray for somebody because you don't know my, my, my life. I, I can't be that kind of servant. 
I can't serve in church. No, you don't know me. I, I, can't, I can't be that person over there. I can't be that kind of husband. I can't be that kind of father. If you knew the things that I've done, if you knew the things that I've said, if you knew that, that I know I might look nice church right now, but there are times that I, you would not want to even be my friend. You wouldn't even want to talk to me if you knew those things. Listen, I, I want to let you know, none of those things offends Jesus. None of those, you, you don't offend Jesus. The sin that is on you, he he sees that and he's like, I'm cleaning that. I'm taking that all of off of your hands and your heart and your life. And some of you who have been forgiven by Jesus have not yet forgiven yourself and have not yet understood that the cleansing power of Jesus is big enough to take all of those things away from your hands. You do have holy hands. They are clean and they're not clean by what you did, but they're clean by what Jesus did. And some of you need to remind yourself every day when you get up because the enemy is reminding you every day of this and this and this and you did this and you did that and I can't believe you said that and I can't believe it. you need to remind yourself no but Jesus died on a cross for all of those sins and all of those thoughts and all of those words and all of those mistakes and I can live a clean life I can live a holy life and today my hands are holy not because of what I did but because of what Jesus has done those are the hands that I have that's the life I live and that's that's the heart I have. I am clean because of Jesus. That is what he has done. And we need to remind ourselves over and over that we have those hands. And stop trying to earn what God has given us for free. And then he says this, and I'll... I got time to talk about this one last piece. Take those holy hands and lift them to God. Take those holy hands. Lift it up to God, he says. This is an example of our worship. And guys, can I tell you that there is something so powerful about people seeing your example of worship. Guys, specifically, there is something so powerful about you worshiping and other people seeing it. And that happens when we obey what Paul was saying, what the Bible says. We lift up our hands to God. This is how we worship. And unfortunately, there are too many times where you look around in churches and you see guys that have hands in pockets. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad at all. But, but I just want to tell you that this is an important part of you being the guy that God wants you to be. Is you worship 
and other people see your worship. Now, I get it. I, I've talked about this for a long time, so I, I've t- and talked to a lot of guys, and guys are like, hey, I don't, come on, God knows my heart. God sees my heart. He does. And that's the awesome thing about God. God sees your heart. You know who can't see your heart? We can't. We can't. And so when you got your hands stuffed down to your shoes, we feel like when we see that, we're like, do they even care? And maybe you do. And and I get that, and I and I have heard this too. Well, what am I worshiping for? Am I worshiping for God or am I worshiping for people? Let me tell you something. You're worshiping for both. Because listen, listen, this is important. This is really important. I want you to hear this. The reason that church is so powerful is because we are inspired by each other's worship. We are inspired. I am inspired when other people sing. I am inspired when other people lift up their hands. I'm inspired when other people see when God starts touching. When our worship team see that when there are people that are crying in the presence of God, that inspires me to open up my heart more and to open up my life more. That means that your worship matters, not just to God, but it worship matters to the person that you're standing next to. You might be worshiping not for your freedom, but for the freedom of somebody else. You might be singing for somebody else. You might be lifting up your hands for somebody else. You might be standing up for somebody else. Somebody might see your freedom and saying, I can have that too. I can do that too. I can lift up my voice too. I can sing too. It matters. It matters to other people. We are not just for ourselves. We are not just worshiping for ourselves. Guys, you are not just worshiping by yourself. And I'm telling you, when you see guys worship and throw away pride, and are tender before God, and also strong before God, there's, there's something that's powerful in that. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's better than girls when they worship. I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying it's powerful. And I know how it is. You know, you talk about one thing. This is how our culture is. You, you want to highlight guys' worship. Well, what does that mean about the women? Because our culture is if you elevate something or encourage something, that must mean you're tearing other things down. Shut up. That's not right. I can elevate guys and say, guys, God has called you to be strong and to worship. And at the same moment, saying, Ladies, every woman in the world, we are so proud and so inspired by your worship. Listen, you can have both. Stop letting culture teach us something. Last thing I want to say about this. Man, I'm glad I made it two parts because I'm only like halfway done. 
Uh, let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to pray in just a second. Uh, also, I want to tell all the guys in the room, listen, this is just an overview. What we're going to do is pretty soon, and I'm going to meet with a bunch of guys. We've got a bunch of guys that are going to help uh, lead all these uh, small groups that we're going to have from this. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to invite all the guys of our church, and we're going to go through this. I don't know if it's going to be like a five or a seven-week thing where we'll meet weekly for a while. And we will spend time breaking down each one of these points that I'm talking about. And, and, and we're going to go in-depth into e each and every one of those. And I, I think it's going to be so impactful for all the guys of our church. And I, I'm praying that this uh, helps all the guys of our church move forward in their relationship with God. But um, as I was thinking about this worship piece, lifting up holy hands in worship, all I could think about was David. And David is such a great character study when you want to talk about the masculine spirit. There's so many connection points, good and bad. But when, when we say David... Most of us can run to a couple things in our mind of who he is. And probably the one that jumps out first is, that, you know, oh, David and Goliath. He was a warrior. But I, I want all of us to see that him being a warrior wasn't what got him into the palace first. If you look at David's story, the first, the thing that got David into the palace first was not him being a warrior. It was him being a worshiper. He was called into the palace to play a harp and to bring worship into the palace where the king Saul was being demonized and could not get any peace in his mind except when David came. And when David came and started playing worship, everything got peaceful. Everything became right. And that at that moment, that's when da that's when Saul was like, "Okay, David, you get you come into the path." So many of us think we got to fight to be in the position that we're supposed to be in, but when you start understanding how powerful worship is, you will worship to get into the position that you're supposed to get in. You don't have to fight for it; just worship. You don't have to push people out of the way; just worship. You don't have to worry your way into that place; just worship. Just open up your heart. Open up. This is why worship is so powerful. Come on. And this is why the enemy wants to shut up your worship and get you to put your hands in your pocket and put your head down and start thinking about anything and everything else except God because he knows that there's power when you start to worship. That things start changing. Things start breaking.
when you worship. And I'm praying that our heart would be a worship-filled heart. So all over this room, come on, I don't care if you're a man, woman, I don't care. Come on, let's lift up our holy hands and worship all over this room.